And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Big, big, big bursting at the sheet, uh, bursting at the seams show today. <laughs> It's hard to say bursting at the seams. Uh, big fun show today. Uh, we're gonna say I got a question for each team that I want to ask. Jake Seeley. I didn't know you were right. pausing. <laughs> well, come on, man. When that, I say it, when it when it's no. a crescendo, yeah. No, no, no. That was like for <laughs> whatever. Hi. I thought you were gonna drop an S bomb at the beginning. And Eric Moody. <laughs> now things are going great this morning. Hope all the listeners are doing well. So it's uh, it's been a weird week. I, I think Jake and I would agree on this. Is having a game on Tuesday. You're trying to get ranks out. You know, do things for articles. It, it, it has been a strange one. Looks like it's going to happen again. Atlanta's currently shut down. So yeah. oh yeah. yeah, I mean, no Thursday night this week, which is the nice thing. But that doesn't mean no Thursday next week, which would be a nightmare. I know. Get ready, gird yourselves for a Tuesday game again, possibly. I know, this feels like you were back in school when you had like a Monday holiday, and the week all of a sudden feels weird. Like every day's felt a day ahead for me. Yeah, what are you going to do with all your free yeah. time tonight, Jake? That's free time. Play some <laughs> I, video games? I, I, so, I watched the football game, as to so we always watch to know what happened. So I just, I'll watch my two hours or three hours of TV that I haven't caught up on yet. Usually that's not until January. <laughs> that feels good, right? Yeah, Supernatural's back for the final season. Sad, sad tears. All right, let's get into this. Uh, we got a question for each team. Uh, I was, I was, I was composing the rundown. I just kind of noticed, I'm like, oh, you know, there's something for this one. There's something for this one. Let's just do a team and a question each. Uh, some of them are duels. Some are player versus player. Pick up two teams at once. But uh, let's dive right into it. Seven feet or deeper. Uh, if you're going head first, Eric Moody, Arizona. <laughs> Is Kenyon Drake underrated? I was writing a column, a uh, Stockwatch column, and I noticed that I just ran a bunch of numbers on Sport Radar, and one of four running backs with 60-plus yards in four games is is Kenyon Drake, as Yoda would say. Uh, Kenyon Drake's one of four running backs with 60-plus yards in four games. Um, look, I, I don't think he's, the breakout might be gone, but his steadiness and the fact that he's getting touches still. You wrote about Chase Edmonds today. Um, so answer this question for us. Uh, is Kenyon Drake underrated possibly with just everybody hating on him? Yeah, I, I would lean more towards Kenyon Drake being uh, overrated. I'm like, to your point, he does have the opportunities and he ranks 15th in opportunities per game. But when I look at how efficient he is, I'm like, he has the fifth worst total fantasy points over expectation among running backs who have played at least five games. Just for the listeners, uh, fantasy points over expectation is essentially like a catch-all efficiency metric. Takes into account yards and touchdowns into a single number. You know, I just rather have uh, Chase Evans on my on my roster. I'm like, he's a viable RB3 or better. Drake is in the same boat, but obviously Edmonds is going to give you more upside. Jake, uh, where do you have these two ranked? They got to be pretty close this week, right? 
Mm, yeah, so I actually think I have Edmonds in front of Drake at this point. Actually, one spot in front of Drake. Uh, very good. He is not for Kenyon Drake. There you go. <laughs> All right, look, I did that by accident. <laughs> I'm having some kind of weird mouth day. Give me a break. So the, the concern <laughs> that I have, the concern that I had for Drake and the situation here is similar to you know other running backs that we're seeing, like Jordan Howard at this point. You know, I actually do think he's better than Jordan Howard, but that mediocre volume and mediocre performance. And if you look at after that, Edmonds just got on his heels or starting to get on his heels in the passing game, and he just actually passed him last week in opportunities for running routes. So I just think that Edmonds has been productive already. And he's just going to eventually start to push him for a 50-50 split. And if it's a 50-50 split, similar to what we just saw with the Chargers, give me the more talented, more explosive running back. Oh, you know, for me, it's just like, that's the problem. I think everyone's looking at this like they're two ships passing in the night going in equal and opposite directions. But it feels more like they're just like the scales of justice are just being equalized. Or am I crazy? Like, mm-hmm. I, I feel well, I feel like everybody sees it as Edmonds is going to be 80-20. You no, know, and no, he, that's what I said. But, I said 50, yeah, that, but that's what I'm saying. I'm just yeah, I'm trying to reinforce your point there. Yeah, I agree. That people are acting like that's not it. You know no, what I mean? Like 50, I, I, don't, I think best case scenario, Emmons maybe gets to 65%. All right. Eric Moody, let's move to Atlanta. Uh, this is still Dirk Cutter's offense, right? I mean, like I know there's a coaching change. Sometimes people get excited about new players, getting new roles, new things. But, uh, like, I mean, it was a defensive coach going out, defensive coach coming in is – is there any reason to be excited about anyone on Atlanta, assuming they play again? Yeah, I think the situation still, you know, remains the same. It's still, you know, a cutter's offense. Um, I'm like, what's crazy is that heading into the season, I'm like the Falcons and, and the media were like publicizing that, you know, uh, cutter would end up uh, running like the Shanahan offense. And so like my biggest issue with the Falcons, I'm like, if they are truly trying to emulate Shanny's offense is that I don't see a lot of pre-snap motion. Uh, they, they have like few runs like on second, you know, fewer runs like on second and long, uh, but also like with Gurley too. I'm like, I would expect to see him be used more as like a receiver out of the backfield. I know from 2015 to 2019, he averaged four targets per game, but he's only averaging about 2.5 targets uh, per game this season. So it's still his offense, but I'm just not overly excited. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, Jake, do you want to piggyback these or do you want to go to Baltimore? I think in the, I mean, we got 32 of these, obviously. No, I don't have much more to add. The passing game work is the biggest concern for Gurley. Although I will say one thing, because I mentioned it yesterday to Graham Barfield, Todd Gurley actually oh, leads oh, the— no, no. John name dropper, all right. No, it's for the podcast that I did with him. So the Todd Gurley, the last two games, leads the league in broken tackle percentage. The league, which is crazy to me at this point of his career. That is impressive. Uh, Jake, Baltimore. We saw our favorite running back in the world basically not run last week after being out with a knee injury and then the illness the day after. Uh, should we worry about Lamar Jackson's knees going forward? Is this something where we could like maybe maybe we aren't going to get the same Lamar Jackson for the next four to five weeks as he figures out what's going on with his knee? Yeah, so at that, that's exactly what I tweeted. Well, not to that degree, but my concern on Monday about Lamar Jackson is that we all expected the arm, you know, to if he was going to improve passing wise, he was going to have to pass more. The touchdowns were at an absurd touchdown ratio, similar to Matt Ryan in 2016, where he always said regression is coming. We all expected that. People mostly expected a little bit of a decrease in the rushing, but I say a little bit. Maybe maybe not 1,000-plus yards, but still 905 touchdowns would still put Lamar Jackson in the conversation to be the number one running back. The problem is 
He's even under that. He only has one touchdown. He had seven rushing last year. He's on pace for, I think, 800 and change rushing now, which is you're losing 300 rushing yards. If it is a knee and that's part of the reason that he's rushing less, or maybe they just want to keep him healthy because of things like the knee, that's a legitimate concern because as of today, he's QB 10. Do I think he finishes QB 10? No, I'm buying low everywhere I possibly can. The trades that I've seen people throwing out are ridiculous that they're putting him in the conversation of like the back end top 10 quarterbacks, but it is a legitimate concern because if you only do get 700 rushing yards and three, four rushing touchdowns, the arm is basically what we saw from last year without the efficiency. Let's not forget the arm could be affected by the knee too. Like Jimmy yeah, Garoppolo I, did it last week with his ankle. He was his sure, but I'm talking more of the arm of like again the touchdown. I know, rate. I understand. Uh, Eric Moody, Buffalo. I want to talk about Cole Beasley over his last five games. I guess the only five games of the season. His targets <laughs> seven, six, seven, four, six. Uh, that puts him on pace for like ninety something. He's almost at a hundred again for the second straight year. Uh, you know, we talk about Jake's ranks a lot. Where's Cole Beasley and Eric Moody's ranks, both for this week and the rest of the year? Yeah, for uh, like rest of season rankings, you know, I've got him at uh, wide receiver uh, 38. As far as like with this week's rankings, you know, he's he's definitely on that uh, wide receiver three uh, radar. Uh, I think what's interesting is that I'm like, he's been a steady riser for me, just given John Brown's uh, injury woes. And I know John Brown's getting at that age and uh, you know, he's had some health things going on as well for where I'm like, we could see more more of that. He's on the wrong side of 30, I guess, as they say. But with Beasley, I'm like, he's averaging nearly six targets, five receptions and 63 receiving yards per game. I'm like, the guy's on pace for career highs and receptions and receiving yards. So especially in deeper formats, love Cole Beasley. All right. Uh, Jake Seeley, uh, I'm just, I'm actually quickly pounding the keys to make sure Carolina's not on a bye in week nine. Uh, they're not. They're in a buy in week 13. Jackie Jackie. Mike Davis in week nine. What's his stat line going to be? Three rushes for 18 yards and one catch for seven. That's depressing. It's the truth. It's Christian McCaffrey. You're not going to see Christian McCaffrey's touches just because Mike Davis has looked terrific in his role. The, you, okay, you give Mike Davis four or five touches which is what I was throwing out there instead of Christian McCaffrey getting 97% of the work so he's actually Christian McCaffrey's been out there for 100% before so yes you pull in Christian McCaffrey a little bit because there's no reason to do it but you don't take Christian McCaffrey from 95 to 100% and drop him down to 65 he's still going to get 85 90% of the touches all right uh Moody by the way if, if either you disagree vehemently with anything here just feel free to jump in uh but Otherwise, we're moving along I think that's and keeping it snappy. I've heard somebody say the word vehemently. Vehemently? No. <laughs> like, like, I'm just saying, like, I've always read it. I've never, I don't think I've ever heard anybody say it. It's just what yeah, I'm saying. I, I had that problem with niche. It turns out I, I was saying niche all the time, but it's niche. Yeah. Guys, it's vehemently yeah. anyway, is how you pronounce that word. Ve- vehemently. Vehemently. Yeah, I was just going to say. <laughs> Thank you, like, There's no S. Yeah, I just, <laughs> vehemently. I just apply the European pronunciation to everything, so. You throw E's on top of everything. <laughs> Yeah, Jake, what's wrong with that? <laughs> anyway, continue. <laughs> Thank you, Beller. Uh, Eric Moody, A.J. Green. I uh, originally had this as week nine, but Cincinnati's on bye in week nine. So A.J. Green in week 10. Give us a stat line and the team that he's playing for. <laughs> and, and the team that he's playing for. Okay. Uh, I do still uh, see A.J. Green playing with the Bengals. Uh, the stat line that he will have will be uh, five targets, three receptions for 32 yards. Ugly, man. Uh, ugly. I yeah, T. Higgins is ascending. <laughs> Jake, go ahead. What's do you think it's going to be worse or better? Worse. I give him a zero for a zero for a zero. 
that AJ Green's not going to be zero. I mean, unless you think no. he's hurt. I just don't – I think that he's just done at this point. I don't think he cares. Like, did you not see the highlight that they kept showing on the sideline where he said, then trade me? Like, if you're not going to use me, then trade me? He could have said a bunch of things. That trade me look, could look like fade me. Like, give me in a yeah, fade pattern yeah, to the end zone. Yeah, fade me. That's such a normal – that's that's up there with your vehemently whatever word that you just said. Like, it's like Really? That. Jake, I don't know. I've, I've never met anyone who's had trouble with vehemently. That's because you put an S on it. That's a, so, I don't know, where did I put an S in it? I just don't think that AJ All Green right. is. I just don't think AJ Green is anything, and I think he's just going to get more frustrated and get to the point like it could just be Le'Veon Bell at some point. Eric Moody, do you agree, or could a trade to uh, Chicago be something that Why like, revives his career? In Chicago, because uh, I, I think it's well. Actually, Chicago's coming up next, Jake. Teaser alert. Okay, but uh, I don't know. Uh, I think because there's room there. When you go through every single team, you're like, where could he fit? Oh, Chicago. Yeah, I, I'd just be very surprised. I'm like, if he does end up, uh, you know, getting traded, you know, just from all the comments, you know, from the coaching staff, I just think they're gonna they're gonna ride it out. He's just not going to get you know as many targets as he's been accustomed to throughout his career. Like I'm, I'm really high on T. Higgins and his ascension. It's just it's going to continue to fade green out. Jake Seeley, um, I couldn't look up the Princess Bride joke fast enough. Uh, you know, trade me. What did he say when what? Billy Crystal pushes his chest out and he wheezes something? And he said, I've no, he never, clearly said. I've never watched it the entire way through. Oh, all right. Goodbye, Jake. It's just me and Moody for the rest of the show. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, like, inconceivable. Yeah, no. It's, yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. I know the parts. I've seen so many pieces. I could probably piece it together over my entire life on being on TV, but I've never sat and watched it from beginning to end in one city. Well, I can't. You know, it's, it's my brain is just mushed by third. You know, Carol Kane comes out and screams, liar, liar. He said true love. Anyway, Chicago, Jake Seeley. Uh, why is your boy Mooney still flying under the radar? Because mm, people don't pay attention. <laughs> That's really what it comes down to is people just hear the name Anthony Miller. He was a highly touted prospect at a college. He's not untalented. Just make that a word. But he deserves some opportunities, but he hasn't been playing up to his talent level this year, and Mooney has immediately passed him, mostly because Mooney brings something that Miller does. Like, Miller, I think, would fit a lot better with different teams uh, because next to Allen Robinson, with the way that this offense is constructed, even though Nick Foles isn't the best deep ball thrower, Mooney brings a deep ball threat that Miller doesn't. Miller is kind of more of your crisp route running, smooth route running guy, and that's what I said about him coming out of college. And for whatever reason, Mooney's just fitting better as that deep ball option. So if you're going to go with that as your number two, I mean, this goes back to like Ted Ginn showed blips. It's just maybe this is offense is better with that kind of number two on the team. And somebody that they liked, they were surprised he was still in there in the draft, even though a lot of people didn't even really know his name in the draft. That's why. It's, I'm trying to think who was the one, the wide receiver that nobody really knew of. And then oh, what was it? It was like a sixth, seventh rounder. And the team was like one of the only teams that scouted him, and nobody really knew who he was. I, I keep wanting to go to the Broncos oh. for some reason. This is your this is your princess bride, Jake. Uh, this is your princess like, bride moment. Hey, hey, uh, Seeley, like Rod Smith or? No, it was more recent than that. But oh, continue. okay. Continue. Right. I don't want to hang up on this with princess bride talk. <laughs> I'll figure out what it is. It'll come to my <laughs> mind. <laughs> All I could find are gifts when I look up liars. So let's keep moving along. Uh, Eric Moody. From, let's let's move from Darnell Mooney to Eric Moody. Uh, Moody, I'm going to give you Cleveland and Indianapolis at the same time. I want to, I want you to put Baker Bay, Breaking Mayfield versus Philip Rivers. Who would you rather have if you if you kept, like you had to roster one for the rest of the year? And we could say QB two or in a super flex, but you, your choice is Baker Mayfield or Philip Rivers. 
Well, if the listeners could see me, I'm like shaking my head and rubbing my brow because this is one of those twisted Nando questions that reminds me of something like on on Fear Factor, like eat the <laughs> bull's intestines or you know, eat live ants. You know, something as crazy as that. But I'll I'll answer them. Um, you know, Zarmante, I, I would, hey, if it was easy, we wouldn't have you here, right? <laughs> yeah, very true, very true. Yeah, but in this scenario, I would end up going with uh, going with Baker Mayfield. Uh, not not overly excited about it, just because I, I think they really want to limit Mayfield's uh, passing attempts. But Philip Rivers, uh, he, he's obviously at the end of the road. Uh, I know Manning was there. Eli Manning was there uh, last year. And uh, I think Rivers is there, obviously, this year. It's just ugly. But I'll go with Mayfield. All right. Uh, Jake Seeley. Mm-hmm. We're going to go to Dallas Cowboys. Why isn't everyone super hot pursuit of Ezekiel Elliott right now? I thought like people would be screaming like Andy Dalton's a quarterback now. He's going to throw to Ezekiel all the time like he did to Gio Bernard. This is going to be amazing for him. Uh, am I wrong? Is that why people aren't in super hot pursuit of Ezekiel Elliott, or have they just not considered that you know Andy Dalton, the Red Rifle, uh, can can check down to his running backs a lot? I don't even think it's that. I'm going to say it's perception because I it was last week. It was before the game against the Giants, so you know maybe a little bit of perception has changed. Maybe, but before that game, I was talking about the top 25 picks, and I highlighted everybody who got hurt, everybody who's already missed time, and then the busts, and it was like maybe 15% of the remaining picks were like actually hit and solid, and you know people were like, oh, whatever, and then somebody said, you can include Ezekiel Elliott, and I was like, for what? And they said, for being disappointing, and I again said, for what? He has... This was, again, before the Giants game, 26, 21, 15, and 16 in his four games. And the perception was, well, you know, he hasn't had a game that won you the week. I was like, uh, 26 is a pretty damn good week. But he hasn't topped 100 yards rushing. He's been somewhat inefficient at times, especially in the passing game, I think is what people are looking at. You know, the three games in a row where it was like five and a half per catch, four, you know, that type of thing. So it's perception, and I'm going to compare it to somebody else, was Michael Thomas, not last year, but the year before, where it was like, oh, Michael Thomas just gets me 14 points a week. He's not he's not really a top five wide receiver. It's like people just thumb their nose up at consistent greatness instead of being that guy who goes out and scores you 30, 30 points. Aaron Jones. People would rather have Aaron Jones than Ezekiel Elliott. I don't know. Is that a good? Well, you know, actually, when I originally wrote wow. this question, it was if you have Ezekiel Elliott. I'm sorry. If you have Michael Thomas, would you trade him away for Ezekiel Elliott if you needed a running back? Yes, running backs are harder to find. Mm-hmm. I, you know how much I love Michael Thomas, but I will take the top. Who went first in the draft in a regular draft? Ezekiel Elliott for a reason. Ezekiel Elliott is one of two top five running backs left right now. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Okay, Eric Moody, I got another double for you. These just happen to come every other one. Don't worry, it's not going to be the entire show. Uh, 
This is Denver and the Las Vegas Raiders. Would you rather have Jerry Judy or Henry Ruggs for the rest of the season? Yeah, I'd rather have uh, Ruggs, you know, for the rest of the season. I know he's only caught, you know, six of 11 targets, you know, but for, you know, 177 yards and one touchdown. So, again, just kind of think about that for a moment. I'm like, this is a guy who has three plays of 15 or more yards downfield. I'm like, he's he's getting a lot of chunk plays, which is good. You know, I was diving a little bit deeper into rugs uh, last night. So, I know he ranks third in average depth of target, 14th in yards per route run among receivers with five or more targets this season. So, Nando, I know you and I had many conversations about this guy during the summer. You know, I nicknamed yes, did. Ruggs the discount Tyreek Hill for a reason. Yeah, love him. That's a guy I want. Uh- let me, let me just ask you this as kind of like a branch off of the question. Uh, with Drew Locke somehow practice, I mean, he's like three weeks ahead of schedule, full practice yesterday. Um, does Jerry Judy's stock go up at least for you uh, to make this a closer thing than if it was if we were seeing Blake Bortles as quarterback? Or I guess Brett Rippon, who's kind of proven himself. No, it, it plays a part, but, uh, you know, I've always been, you know, fairly high on, uh, on Derek Carr. And uh, kind of what he brings to the table. I know he gets bashed a lot on social media, you know, by uh, a lot of fantasy analysts. But I'm like the guy's been solid, and I think he gave us a taste, uh, you know, last week of what he's capable of with having rugs uh, to throw to. So I'm still going to give the edge to rugs. All right, Jake. Yeah. Okay, you only get one more of these. I, I, I'm mad because you didn't bring the question of rugs to me, so that that's one thing. But, well, Jake, uh, <laughs> blame the alphabet, not me. <laughs> well, as a heads up, speaking of your alphabet, you know you skipped the Eagles. Just a heads up. Uh, the I other P H I, and we're in the D's. That's how I'm seeing this. I know. No, no, no. I'm looking ahead. I'm giving you a heads up so you can plan while we're answering questions. You skip- oh, you're saying on the sheet I skipped yes. the Eagles. Yes. I'm giving you Oh, a I know why. Up. Yeah, you know, I know exactly why because I had an eagle in a question and I dropped him for some reason. Thank you, Jake. You're <laughs> yeah, a good friend. Well, you can just bring Fulgham back to that one when he comes That's in. That's right. Fulgham was in there originally. Hold on. I got- <laughs> All right. You talk, so- Jake. I'm not going to pay attention to put in a Philly question. No, no, no. I was going to say, Judy, for this week. Uh, even if Stefan Gilmore is back with the COVID situation, but even if he's not, the good thing about Judy is he's playing in the slot almost 80% of the time, and that means Tim Patrick would be the quote-unquote sacrificial lamb to Stefan Gilmore, even if he is back. So I do like Judy this week, but yes, the Ruggs love will be unending on this show for myself, and it sounds like Eric too, so I just wanted to chime in on that. And me. And you. And I don't know if, if Beller wants to make it four, but we can make and, this a heavy. Uh, hey, you know what? And shout out to our, our departed friend, Emery Hunt. Emery Hunt. With, with, oh, no, yeah. Jake, you make it Jake. All right, Emery Hunt has gone to CBS, just in case yes. anyone was confused by what Jake just said. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking of it like that way. <laughs> Emery Hunt has gone on to, uh, to Emery Hunt is big time, man. And I know like in by 2025, like you're not going to be able to put on a channel without Emery Hunt on it. I would think. He's I would hope. Responding to my texts. <laughs> I think he'll st- he's still the kind of guy who's going to respond to our texts. Oh, though. always. I'm being tongue in cheek. Yeah. I know. Uh, unless your texts get corny and annoying, Jake. I don't know. I don't he know. might be the person I text the most that I don't see in person. That's pretty funny. He's good. I I can't think of a better scouting mind. Yeah, Emory Hunt is one of the best football minds in the world. We're extremely excited to have uh, been part of his journey to the big sound time. Like he died. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, so Emory Hunt, if you enjoyed the Tuesday show, uh, Chris Vaccaro has taken his place in the Tuesday show, and uh, his writing is uh, we brought in Brandon Howard, who wrote an awesome column yesterday about uh, Dynasty Watch. And had just like these amazing things to say about th- I hadn't even like what's going to happen when Tua takes over in Miami, um, and we got Lynn ba- we got a Lynn Bowden question actually we got a Brandon Howard question coming up in the M's uh, for Miami, 
But uh, anyway, if you if you want to check out Brandon's and everybody's writing here, Jake, Moody, uh, me, theathletic.com slash fantasy football pod gets you a, uh, a nice discount, actually, for podcast listeners. No code, nothing. Just go to that site. Um, all right, let's go to Detroit. Jake, who's going to have the most rushing yards rest of season? <laughs> uh, I would love to say Swift, but I just, Patricia, I don't know what his problem is. I'll say I'm hoping for Swift if it doesn't happen out of their bye in a great matchup for it where Swift doesn't get at least 40 to 50% of the touches finally then it's just going to be Adrian Peterson. Because if it, do, if it doesn't happen coming out of the bye, I don't see when Patricia's ever making the switch unless Peterson gets hurt. Because now's the time to try it. You had plenty of time. He's gotten into the groove of the NFL season. Like I said, so if you didn't do it out of the bye, it's not happening. So I'll say, unfortunately, Peterson. Eric Moody, let's go to Green Bay. Where's Robert Tanyan fit into dynasty leagues for you? Yeah, he, he's an interesting player to try to value right now, but he is a guy that you know I would try to sell high on uh, if you have him on your roster. I'm like his target share is just a little over ten percent. It's just when you look at the other players on the roster, it would be very surprising to see Tanya accumulate more targets than guys like Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, or Marquez Valdez Scantling. You know, for the rest of the season, I would say if you could land, and this is this is very optimistic, like a second round pick a rookie pick for him, I take that all day. But you may end yeah. up being in a scenario where you need to. Um, kind of throw like Tanya in like a third or a fourth round pick to get that that second round rookie pick, which I'm on board with as well. Moody, as, as you know, uh, timing is everything in trades. Would you give Tanya a couple more games to kind of like pad his resume for that? Or is it like get, get him now? Because just like you said, like some guys are getting healthy, people are coming back uh, and his, his production is going to dip because we're seeing that in the in the kind of supplemental numbers. Yeah, he, he's a guy I would just want to move on now, you know, just given some of the other tight ends and players they have on the roster, on the Packers roster. I got a trade example of somebody willing to send Ertz to get Tanyan to give you an idea, Nando. All right. Wow. Okay. That in a no, regular I'm league. Not, I wouldn't do it. I just want that's where some people are thinking. So yes, yeah, sell high. Uh Jake, I got a Houston KC special for you. Okay. David Johnson or Clyde Edwards Hilaire rest of the season. Edwards Hilaire. Even if they do add Le'Veon Bell, Edwards Hilaire. Oh wow. All just, right, Jake. Tell us more. Uh David Johnson's just so He's done at this point, and you know to go back as far as you and I know each other that, uh, like Emery, also at the time, was one of the highest people on David Johnson that he was being overlooked because of where he came from in college. But the injuries have just taken a toll on him, and the one positive we had about him while Duke Johnson was out was he was getting 95% of the touches and snaps back there. Right Now Duke Johnson's back. Uh, we saw what happened last week. He needs a touchdown. Like, he's not bad. He, he's fine as an RB, too, but he deserves to be in the same conversation as another David and David Montgomery. He's, you know, 60, 70, 80, 90 yards any given week, at best case scenario, and a touchdown is going to be what makes him the difference between a low-end RB2 fringe RB3 to a potential top 15 running back, and he's probably never going to be top five ever again. Edwards Allaire still has that. I think if they bring in Bell... You do get concerned, but we've seen this before, too. Is Bell going to come in immediately? Probably not and be the lead. And then if he does get worked in, you know, this is still Andy Reid who likes to lean on that. That's the biggest concern is if it immediately does go to Bell and he is the guy at 80% that Edwards Alaire is kind of toast for his rookie season. But he saw we saw last year for the first time that Andy Reid is not always dead set on I have to use one guy 80% of the time. Man, I could see Le'Veon Bell. You know what? So I don't believe this we followed each other on Instagram thing because it's like, 
when I meet someone who and I'm like, oh, you're pretty cool. Last year, somebody did that last year, and I can't figure who it was. Somebody. It did. might have been him. Let, oh, let me follow somebody else. Yeah, that's, maybe maybe it's two like years ago during this holdout. I, I agree with what you're about to say. Continue. Sorry. Oh, that's uh, so uh, like it, that's just like hey, I met Patrick Mahomes and he was cool, so I followed him. You know, now I'm going to the next team. Yeah, uh, although he he was hanging out with Chris Jones, like people, Le'Veon, like, uh, Le'Veon Bell. Actually, there you go. Le'Veon Bell used to play with D'Angelo Williams. D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage are on the Amazing Race right now. They hang out all the time. Played for the Browns and for the Steelers. So there you go. There you go. Uh, okay, uh, Eric Moody, got a question for you, sir. Are you at all worried that James Robinson might run out of steam? Like this dude started out going sixty. There was no zero on him. He was just sixty and coming off. Uh, you know, I, I can't remember who said this last year. Maybe it was two years ago. Talking about how the guys from the big schools play a couple extra games. Robinson uh, from Indiana might not be ready for a you know sixteen game grind in the NFL. Um, or am I just making something up out of nothing and he'll be fine? Yeah, I think a guy like Robinson will be fine. You know, I'm, I'm not really worried about him. I know he's done really well so far this year. You know, he's averaged 19 opportunities and nearly 18 PPR fantasy points per game. One thing, like with the Jaguars' uh, offensive line, um, like their offensive line ranks like 11th in adjusted line yards and 15th in open field yards. And those are metrics from uh, Football Outsiders. I think the best way to describe like adjusted line yards, just a way to kind of quantify offensive line play when you look at the length of the run. When you look at open field yards, that's going to be yards in which the team's running backs earn more than 10 yards past the line of scrimmage, you're going to divide that by total running back carries. Kind of the, the point of this is when you pair those two things together, it, it tells me that the Jaguars running game isn't overly dependent on its offensive line or its running backs to be successful. And so when you combine those factors with a guy like Robinson for where, you know, the offensive line and the running back can kind of lean on each other, you know, to be successful. And it's not like, okay, hey, I've got to be the guy to transcend like poor offensive line play not that scenario here but Jacksonville you know also has a pretty favorable schedule you know for running backs for the rest of the season so again to tie all that together Robinson will be fine let me just Glad to hear let me just jump in for a second here to, to uh, correct the record James Robinson went to Illinois State not Indiana oh crap why did I say Indiana I don't know <laughs> Indiana's also in, <laughs> Thanks, Indiana's also in the Big Ten I forgive you for not uh, for thinking that they don't play very many games because you know it's Indiana they don't get to bowl games very often even with the bloated bowl <laughs> schedule but Illinois State <laughs> is where uh, is where James Robinson went to school Beller that's just the East Coast people like yeah I'll even include myself you just Illinois Indiana you just kind of combine them oh do, yeah they do start not, with the letter I do not do that guys do not do that <laughs> born and raised and still living in Chicago when you're talking to here as you know that do not try to lump in Illinois with Indiana, please. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Thank you for the correction and amplification. I have a max. If I get a third one today, I'm out. I just leave. <laughs> Nando, is that like the people from New Jersey who try to say they're from New York? Is that like the same orneriness that you get? <laughs> uh, what do you mean, Jake? I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, you do. I uh, say that? You, no, you don't say you're from New York. I'm saying the people, you spend a lot of time with people from New York who get mad when they're like, Jersey people aren't from New York. Even they're like, oh, yeah, we're from New York. That type of thing. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, so... We, yeah, I don't. That doesn't bother me. We're all one big happy tri-state area. If people from Connecticut try to say it, different story. Is it really tri? I just always felt like it was a dual state, not a tri-state. But anyway, continue. Hey, well, you know what? The New York and Connecticut are kind of close when you get up a little north, New York. Uh, that's it's just bougie New York. It's just bougie, Jake. You could say. It. <laughs> Let's continue. There's some parts of Connecticut that are not bougie, but we'll get that some other time, Jake. Some other time. We got things to do. <laughs> Uh, Jake Seeley, you're up next. I doubled up the L.A. teams here for you for an interesting comparison that I'd like to get into. Okay. Rest of season, would you rather have Justin Jackson, yes. Indiana's own Justin Jackson, or <laughs> – I'm just kidding. <laughs> or uh, or Darrell Henderson. Justin Jackson. 
If you would ask me on talent, I'll take Henderson 10 times out of 10. If you tell me what I can deal with, it's not Sean McVay. Uh, Justin Jackson, until we get Eckler back, and Eckler might not be back for the fantasy play until the fantasy playoffs. It's uncertain. I don't know why people are still trying to trade for him at this point and giving up significant value. Uh, Jackson proved in that game, similar to the conversation we had earlier that I brought up, if you told me a 50-50 split, I did have Kelly ranked in front of Jackson for that game, but I still had Jackson pretty high compared to most. And I said in the waiver column, get Jackson everywhere. Don't thumb your nose up at him because he could be the guy. He could be Eckler's role because he is the Eckler role. And if they don't change the offense, which they kind of really didn't, they gave a little bit more to Kelly, but they kind of kept the offense the same. He's going to have more value. Now we know this is what their plan is. Are there going to be some weeks where Kelly does better because he scores a touchdown? Probably. But the problem with Henderson is he might be third any given game. Cam Akers is the most complete all-around running back. Henderson's the most explosive. Brown's the best blocker. And McVay is a headache and a pain in the ass when it comes to fantasy. Well, Jake, you've uh, you've said but every other time. When it comes to... You went ass today. Well, because when it's that frustrating of a backfield, you're a pain in the ass. (laughs) It is. Look, I got a lot invested in Darrell Henderson uh, personally. Card-wise. I I love him. I wish it was only two running (laughs) backs. Me too. You you see how good he is. But, look, this is the truth of the NFL. The the running back value is devalued across the board. But when you have three options like this and you have a mind like McVay who is going to exploit your weaknesses, it's similar to Patricia who's trying to do but can't do what Bilicek has done for years. He he goes out. Who's the best guy this week? Harris this week. James White next week. Rex Burkhead next week. Who's the best matchup? And that's what he's going with. Yeah. I mean, you can't blame him. I mean, that's good football sense. Right. Exactly. Although I think I think a lot of running backs will tell you it's not, and they hate being out of that rhythm. Um, I don't know, Jake. Have you ever talked to any NFL? Have you ever talked to any NFL running backs? (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) All right. Uh, (laughs) Eric Moody. Perfect example of that, real quick. By the way, Demarco Murray. Remember when Demarco Murray? How bad he was with the Eagles because they wouldn't just let him stay in his flow. Yeah, 100%. You hear it all the time from a lot of players who are saying they couldn't get into a rhythm. Like, you bring in that third down back, can't get into a rhythm. Take me out for, like, two series, can't get into a rhythm. Yeah. So. And that's what happened two games ago with Henderson. He started off fine, and then he, they messed with him, and then all of a sudden there it was downhill for the rest of the game, and it was Malcolm Brown's game. Yeah, blocking for the Giants' defense. So, anyway, Eric Moody, Miami. Uh, this, is a, you know, this is a plug and a question at the same time. Did you read Brandon Howard's story? On Lynn Bowden, if Tua becomes the quarterback, and uh, did it? Do you do you kind of eyeball Lynn Bowden a little bit right now? Like ton of talent, you know, maybe with a different quarterback, different style, he could excel in that F in the slot. Yeah, I, I could I could see him excelling uh, from the slot, and it was a really good article too by uh, by Brandon. Uh, yeah, welcome you know welcome to the team. You know, if he's listening to the pod, uh, one thing that that kind of made me think about that situation, like Miami uh, Tua is obviously the future. But I just don't think that the Dolphins really want to rush him out there right now, you know, with the way, you know, Ron Fitzpatrick is playing. Now, on any given game, I'm like, Fitzpatrick can implode. But I'm like, he's finished as a, you know, as a QB one in four out of five games this season. You know, I was just looking to see, like, with his targets on, uh, you know, from uh, receivers in the slot. I'm like, he's only targeted the slot receiver on 34% of his pass attempts this season. I know he's like a downfield passer and he's going to attack that way. But I, I, to tie this back to Dynasty, though, I think really now is a, a great time to target uh, Bowden in a trade. Uh, now is the time to strike, in my opinion. 
And I mean, if someone has him, maybe they're not even thinking like, I love this guy so much. You're going to have to pay the farm for it. Like this could be just like you could it could be a sneak little let me get Lin Bowden. Yeah, because you think about perception, though. It's like, OK, OK, he was drafted by the Raiders. OK, they made a mistake. OK, all right, they ended up trading in the Miami. It's just like for most people, they're just thinking, OK, he's just a guy. You know, the Raiders made a mistake. They just want to find a team to move him to. So, yeah, now's the time to strike. You can get him on the cheap. Uh, Moody, let me tie in the Green Bay question. Would you give up Robert Tanyan to get Lynn Bowden in a dynasty league right now where you're like one and four and you're like, let's play for next year? Yeah, I wouldn't mind picking up Bowden and then like another uh, rookie draft pick too. You love these rookie draft picks, man. All roads lead back. Yeah, I just oh, always I like – in... oh, go ahead, Jake. You can get more. I was just going to say. Jake. I know, Jake. I'm joking. Okay. Go ahead. I was just saying he can get more, and that's what he was getting at. Yeah. I agree with him. Yeah, it's just try to just try to – maximize the value you know as best as you can but yeah just try to get some other picks or things in there sweeten the deal right all right i like lynn bowden i'm in uh jake minnesota and new orleans i combined in here this is where i ended up putting michael thomas if i offered you dalvin cook right now for michael thomas what would you yes. do that's accept immediately injured De- injured dalvin cook 100 percent immediately for accept. troublemaker michael thomas I love Michael Thomas. Again, Dalvin Cook was a top five or should have been top five pick with the other running backs. It was baffling to me why he wasn't in that conversation for some people. But we've seen why he should be and is in that conversation. I I can survive one game. And honestly, it might not even be one game if the you know, we're talking about it right now with Atlanta going on. What if the buys get moved around again and all of a sudden Minnesota has their buy this week instead of next week and Dalvin Cook doesn't even miss a game? Sorry, Madison owners, if that happens. Yeah. uh, Oh, well, right. Yeah, that sucks for if he happened to be on waivers in leagues, which he shouldn't have been, and then people like went bananas in their budget to pick him up or blew the first spot, and now you don't even get that game. That'd be frustrating. Yeah. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Eric Moody, here's a question for you. Uh, why isn't Demir Bird getting fantasy respect? He's got 19 targets. Well, I'm sorry. He has 22 targets over his last three. He's got a game of nine targets and a game of 10 targets in two of his last three. 
Um, obviously playing a lot. If you look at his, his snap counts have been getting better. 73% in week four against Kansas City, up from 66, which was up from 62. Um, I don't know, man. He's, he's got two 70-plus yard games. He's having a season, but no one seems to want to believe in him. Should they not, or uh, should we be the ones to champion his cause? Yeah, I, th- I think we could be the one to uh, champion his cause because, you know, to your point, I'm like, the targets are there. I'm like, the only New England receiver, you know, with more air yards than Bird, you know, is Julian Edelman. I think it's just more perception. You know, just people are still kind of in that mindset. Cam's here. Ball's not getting thrown. Brady's gone. Cam's going to run. They're going to lean more on the running backs. But I'm like, the opportunity is there for him. For him. And... um especially with, you know, with COVID, you know, games having to get moved around. It's just like the Patriots just aren't on a lot of people's radar right now. But if you're like in a deeper format, 14, 16 team league, and if he's out there, like he's a guy that I would acquire because I'm like his fortunes can change, you know, from now to the end of the season. His fortunes have been pretty good too. That's the sad part. Like he's been, he's been all right. Yeah. Uh, Jakey, Jakey, can I just drop Golden Tate at this point? Mm, Yeah, honestly, if if there's better, look, I drop him for Claypool and Fulgham, you know that. Uh, Would you drop him for Bird? No, I'm going to go that far. He's still the number two, and that's what it comes down to is I'll go for the number two on a lot of teams. Yes, Julian Edelman hasn't been doing much, but Demir Bird is potentially number three in every given week in opportunities, and it's a big big boomer bust play. I would play him like DFS or if I'm a super deep league, but Golden Tate is still the number two, and actually this week might be a Golden Tate game. I talked about this in my column and said that Slayton is not exactly the plug-and-play like people might assume from facing the Cowboys last week. That the You know, I'll ask you, Nando, do you know? Because I know Beller does because we just did the show yesterday. Do the answer is Indiana University. No, no, no. Do you know what right. the highest receiving yardage total the, the Washington team has given up on the season? Um, 289. Sounds like a question that would be low. <laughs> I said not the total of the season in the single game. The total <laughs> on the season. Yeah. It's 71 yards to Robert Woods, and they've only given up two receiver touchdowns. So well, I thought meant in a game to a team, not to a player. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. So they, and the fact that the offensive line is trash and Washington's front gets after all the quarterbacks, this could be a Golden Tate game and the fact that Daniel Jones is just going to be running and trying to get the ball out quick. And would Washington play a game and a half without Chase Young too, right? Yeah, they just got Chase Young back last week. It's pretty impressive. Uh, Eric Moody to the Jets. Is Ty Johnson going to emerge as the man here? Nando, why, why do you want me to talk about the Jets? <laughs> because someone has to. You know why? Someone All has right. to. And I, it, just, just, it just, just say no and move on. If you'd like, I can give you a substitute question. No, I'll, I'll go ahead and answer it. But it's like, you want to know who's going to, uh, you know, is Ty Johnson going to emerge? I'm like, you know, he's a candidate, obviously, to take on more work. And Adam Gase, you know, you know, also said that uh, Michael Perrine or Perrine, right? I totally butchered that. P Ryan. Is it P Ryan? Yeah, it's either. It's, it's we can, uh, official pronunciation of the show. Okay, is P. Ryan. I'll call him P Ryan. <laughs> so P Ryan will take on more of a role at the expense of Frank Gore, who's still lingering around like a walking dead zombie. But I'm like, Gore averaged, what, 14 opportunities per game like this season? I'm like, the Jets use a pick on, on P Ryan in the fourth round. I'd just be, be surprised to not see him get involved. Uh, one thing that's intriguing, I know at Florida, P Ryan caught 40 passes. And so if they are going to use him as a receiver out of the backfield or want to use some of the running backs, I mean, he's going to be the guy. Um, and that's just really well of a target in that backfield. But really the only Jets player I want to have anything to do with is uh, Jameson Crowder. But if you're in a deep league, I think Piran will be the guy. All right. Goodbye, Ty Johnson. Um, so, by the way, Nando, I was using Piran from back when Samaj A. Piran. That's, that's why. He's, so he's on a team somewhere. He just, he just got brought up to the active roster by somebody. 
he's I think he's been on the active roster for a couple weeks now. But well, just the fun, you know, the, the funny thing is, is I was double checking on to see if we could find him while he was talking. And when you turn, when you type in how to pronounce P Ryan, you know what one of the <laughs> options is? How do you pronounce a- How do you pronounce April in German? Like, how is that on the same search list? <laughs> well, I don't know. What's the translation for April in German? It's not. It's just listed as April. It says Opro. Weird. Yeah. I don't know, Jake. <laughs> uh, well, hold on. We're going to put the show on pause for a second while I go and Google the, what's going on here. Because <laughs> now I need to know. Uh, okay. <laughs> go ahead. Sorry, Jake. No, I was asking what. I thought I thought you were talking about breaking news. I thought I didn't know you were talking about P. Ryan. No, I'd like to know what P. Ryan has to do with German in the month of April. So, um, yeah, uh, Jake, Philadelphia question for you by request. Can Travis Fulgham get to 800 yards on the season total? Absolutely. He could do it before the end of the season. I'll say he gets to 800 yards by week 13. Well, Jake, can he get to 1,000 yards on the season, Jake? Uh, only because of this offense. Goddard's coming back and it's so tight end heavy. I'd say... No, but like hey, I said, eight eight hundred. So if I say thirteen, eh, he gets close. He might actually get it. Salvation right. here. I'll be right back. Oh, good luck, Jake. By the way, everyone who's listening, Jake's donating a bed to the, the good guy. Jake donating a bed to the Salvation Army. Moody, you're gonna have a few in a row, I think. Uh, Intra Pittsburgh question for you: Juju Smith Schuster or Deontay Johnson? Rest. Yeah, of I'll season. go with uh, Juju uh, on this one. I know he's got rapport, you know, with uh, Ben Roethlisberger, you know, that goes back multiple seasons. But then you look at Johnson, who's also dealing with a back injury, and and those things can linger, and are really just tough to tough to play through. I can only imagine a wide receiver playing through that, you know, trying to make cuts and run routes and different things like that. So I'm going with Juju there. All right, let's go to San Francisco. Um, interesting one here: Jimmy Garoppolo or Kirk Cousins in a two quarterback league going forward. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to go with uh, with Kirk Cousins here. You know, he's got uh, you know numerous receiving weapons. You know, they, they like to use their running backs uh, as receivers out of the backfield, and so Cousins has proven that. I mean, he can put together a QB one performance. Now, the number of pass attempts per game is a concern, but you can say the same thing for Jimmy G as well. Uh, Seattle. So I designed this with a lot of either ors toward the end, just in case we were running out of time, so we could do some oh, quick yeah. hitters. Um, feel free, feel free to expand a little bit. Cause we got a little bit of time here with, uh, just Seattle, Tampa Bay, Tennessee, and Washington right. to go. Um, the Seattle one was interesting. This, this was the original Seattle, Philadelphia question. Chris Carson or Miles Sanders rest of season and pick your format if you'd like. Yeah. I would say, even if we're looking at, um, you know, half PPR or full, you know, PPR, you know, one point PPR, I would say, I'm like, it's still going to be Chris Carson for me. Uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, one thing is really what the volume is one. I'm like, Carson's averaged 17 opportunities and 20 PPR fantasy points per game uh, this season. But uh, something else that's a differentiator for me is uh, offensive line play. You look at Seattle, you know, their offensive line, you know, to me, when I, I watch the film, it's playing better than the Eagles. I'll tie a stat to that as well. I'll reference adjusted line yards again. Seattle ranks 10th in that metric right now, uh, going into week six. The Eagles, on the other hand, ranked 27th in that metric. And so, again, uh, I'm going with Carson here. And he's proven, you know, with his performance so far this season that uh, he can be the guy and reward fantasy players who uh, drafted him and started him. You know what's driving me crazy? Is, so Chris Carson, and I know, like, nobody else here is into cards, but I, I'm just hooked on it. Um, man, I, like Chris Carson's rookie card is like three bucks, and I got mm-hmm. a couple of them. And it's like the prism. It's you know, it's not the it's the prism base, but I was surprised that it's low. 
Like, I don't know, like, is Chris Carson just still not getting respect in your eyes, Moody? You no, know? I, I I agree with you, Nando. I, I don't believe he is getting the, the respect, you know, that he uh, that he deserves. And, like, he's not he's not the flashiest running back. You know, he's not like Ezekiel Elliott, you know, like on the field or off the field, um, who's something else that's got a pretty uh, flamboyant uh, personality. Um, you know, another running back escapes me. But anyway, he, he's, he's not he's not that guy. I'm like, he reminds me of a of a lunch pail guy, you know, a guy that's going to bust his tail in practice, you know, not going to miss assignments. And he's going to get after it uh, during the games like like some of the runs that he had, you know, last week in Seattle's game. I know like our Twitter account you know, at The Athletic, uh, you know, tweeted like a you know a video of it, which I commented on. It's just like I love the way that the guy runs. And for me. You know, if I'm on that team, especially as like an ex-offensive lineman, I love running backs that are like that. Lunch pail guys, let's get after it. Let's get it done. I'm like seeing runs like that get me more fired up to get a pancake block on the next play. So there you have it. <laughs> this guy got his knee twisted like a thousand ways on TV and everyone thought it was over. Like, and it just, he's like, oh, I'll yeah, be fine for next mental, week. He's got, he's got mental toughness. I'm like, he, he's a, he's a tough guy. And uh, yeah, I would I would have been all over that guy that uh, Cowboys guy that that did that to Carson. <laughs> I was I was like yeah, so frustrated right. watching that. I was like, come on, got to do better. Uh, let's go to Tampa Bay. Will Leonard Fournette be a fantasy playoff hero? With Leonard Fournette, yeah, I, I agree with that one. I believe that he he will because he did the Buccaneers picked him up, you know, for a reason. Uh, you know, they acquired him, and Tampa Bay. I'm like, if you look at their fantasy playoff schedule. If you're playing from week 14 to week 16, and I've got a little fun caveat for week 17 too here in a moment, but you look at the schedule. I'm like, they play against the Vikings, Falcons, and Lions from week 14 to 16. We also have some ramp up time for Fournette to continue to get acclimated, you know, with Brady, his teammates, the scheme, et cetera. So by the time we approach the tail end of the season, I think he's going to be operating like on all cylinders because Ronald Jones has played well, but there's still some opportunities just with watching, you know, some of the runs that uh, that Jones has had, you know, that he's had and just some other things for where I still believe that door is open for Fournette to come in and, and take some opportunities away. And so I do agree with that. He's going to be a difference maker. And, you know, if you're one of those uh, fantasy players where your commissioner is feels compelled to play through week 17. Anyway, you should you should boycott that and say something to your commissioner. But anyway, the the Buccaneers yes. actually played the Falcons in week 17 too. <laughs> <laughs> we want week 17. Oh man, I wonder what J- I wonder the, J- the interaction with Jake and the guys from the Salvation Army right now is they're taking his mattress. Yeah. I wonder what that's like. That must be fun. Yeah. Uh, Moody, I got a Tennessee and New Orleans question here for you. Would you rather have AJ Brown or Michael Thomas the rest? Yeah, of the I'd year? rather roll the dice with uh, Michael Thomas here. You know, even though he's returning, you know, from a high ankle sprain. Again, you're going to have to put a little faith out there. I do believe that the Saints will, uh, you know, will do right by Thomas and not necessarily rush him back unless they feel like he's ready. Because uh, I've played, you know, the game with a high ankle sprain before, and uh, it is it is not fun. It is not fun at all. It's very tough to recover from. You do need some time. But I'm like Thomas. Oh, go what ahead. Is it? Wh- What's the hurt like? Can you just explain the hurt? What is it like a throb? Is it like every time you you turn your ankle, you pivot, you dig in. What's uh what's what's the pain like? Yeah, Can it's like any time you're um like for me as a ex lineman, you know, with making you know making uh you know kind of making my steps and and trying to <laughs> move my feet with making blocks. It almost feels like it felt like to me that someone had like a a knife that they sat like over fire. And then when I've moved a certain way, it's just getting stabbed into the bone. <laughs> <laughs> that, that oh, that's, what, that's okay. what it felt like and it's just something that you have to play through um 
but I'm like, it, it, it can be done. And really what the type of routes, you know, that Michael Thomas runs on, uh, you know, those short to intermediate routes. I know they, they joke around and call him, you know, slant, slant guy or slant boy or whatever. But I'm like, I think he could still be successful uh, with playing through this high ankle sprain, but also like with Breeze, I'm like, he's really the perfect fit for Breeze, like at this stage of his career. And I'm like, if you look back since 2018, I'm like, of Thomas, I'm like, he's averaged, you know, 10 targets and 95 receiving yards per game you know, since that time frame. And so that's a guy that I would want to roll the dice on because with the Titans, I'm like, they're obviously going to lean heavily on uh, Derrick Henry in the running game. So I, I do have some concerns over if you're comparing Thomas to Brown, like how many targets will each of those players get? Oh, AJ Brown looks so good. Oh, hey, Jake's back. The, the interaction was fine. We were talking about the Patriots and their offense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's interesting. How do, where did that come up? Because they know that this is what I do for work. They've been here before. That's interesting. You asked. I was listening. You said that you were wondering what the uh, interaction was like. I'm just telling you. Were we on the speaker? We should have said some weird stuff about you. No, those guys wonder. My, you, I still had the headset in my ear. I use oh, right. ear. I use the earpiece. I use the Bluetooth earpiece. I heard oh. I was gonna, if I move my head the wrong way, the entire laptop comes tumbling down because I'm wired. <laughs> no, it's like I was listening to a podcast. <laughs> oh, that's that's pretty funny. What'd you think, Jake? What'd you think of the advice so far? We got one more question left. I know. I'm happy I got in before the end of the show. <laughs> oh, it's because you want because obviously you requested to talk about JD McKissick. Here's your oh, yeah. Washington question. All right, I'm checking back out. Is JD McKissick <laughs> going to be a top twenty PPR back rest of the no. season, Jake? No. At least let me say Jake. Let me get the Jake out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ask the question again, and I'll wait. No, go ahead. He's not even top twenty right now. I know, but I'm saying like, is his role going to increase no. with Alex no. Smith? He's not even top thirty right now. No. Right, that's a, but like, I'm saying, will he? All right, will he be top twenty-five? No. Is he going to get worse? <laughs> he's fine where he is. He's theoretic. That's who I compared him to in the waiver column for the past two weeks. He's theoretic back with the Lions, which is fine if you in full PPR. If you need a flex running back, especially we're about we're actually now in the midst of bye week hell for about five weeks, then yeah, he can have some value. But he's not going to be somebody where after that you're going to be like, ooh, I need to keep him on my roster. All right, fair enough. Um, that's it. Washington was last in alphabetical order. Oh. Uh, we did it, Jake and Eric. Okay. Made it happen. Yay. Look at that. With minutes, with minutes to spare. Um, let's give everyone the gift of time. Uh, you, you don't have a Thursday <laughs> night game to watch tonight. Um, you can do whatever you'd like. I don't know. Jake's going to do something. Moody's going to do something. I'm going to do something. And it's not going to be watching the NFL game on Thursday night. So <laughs> I don't know. it's going to be like, uh, what's his face with the, I don't know what to do with my hands. I don't know what to do with it at this point. Talladega Nights. <laughs> I was going to say that could have gone many different ways. Anyway, uh, I want to thank you all for joining us. I hope you enjoyed the show um, and the format. I don't think we're gonna do it every week, but it was just something that kind of popped up that seemed interesting. Um, that's all. Have a good time with these extra four or five minutes and then the extra three hours for no game tonight. Do something fun and positive. Donate your mattress to the Salvation Army. For Jake <laughs> Seeley, Eric Moody, Michael Bella, I'm not a Afino. We'll see you next time.